0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Adam Ronis, solo here for the final hour. Taking you up until 4 p.m. Eastern as we do each and every single weekday. For two hours, you can catch us live, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. You can always check us out on demand. If you can't catch the live show, just go to your podcast, look for Scout Fantasy Sports, hit subscribe, and you'll be notified whenever a new episode is loaded. You can follow me on Twitter, at Adam Ronis, on the gram, at Aaron88. And you can find all my work, scoutfantasysports.com, where we have excellent Fantasy baseball content. Obviously, draft season is wrapping up, and you still might have a draft tonight, tomorrow, maybe over the weekend. And if you do, we got you covered. If not, we will take you throughout the regular season, giving you the advice and the articles and content that you need to dominate your fantasy baseball draft. Uh, I have my updated rankings, finished second, according to Fantasy Pros last year, among experts for draft accuracy. So if you're cramming here, last second and you want to get in a draft, I can help you out. Uh, made some changes today with my rankings. Definitely have some more uh, today and tomorrow as well with some of the news and jobs being determined and some players being sent down. Uh, there's a shift there in some of the movement of the rankings. have some spring training notes. Uh, Sean Childs has a free agent bidding strategy article, which is very important because, yes, the draft is a key piece, but – it's so a long season. It's six months. There's going to be a lot of injuries. We already have a lot of injuries, which we're going to talk about and we've mentioned over the last few days. So you need to read this article to find out you know, what you need to do. And a lot of times in the competitive leagues and the high stakes format, it's being ahead of the curve and picking these guys up ahead of time. So uh, check that article out. My preseason pro picks are up and lots of articles looking at sleepers, undervalued players. And you can always ask your questions on the message boards and the forums anytime you want, specifically catered to your league. And we can help you out. I've gotten some, you know, add drop questions, trade advice, uh, rookie analysis on who to pick up. So, uh, plenty of ways that you can get your question answered there. So, check us out. Also, scoutdfs.com got you covered for NBA. And- nba still going on a lot of injuries too it's a good time that you can make money people are going to get uh, get into baseball maybe forget about nba a little bit we still have a few weeks to go plus the playoffs you can make some money there we are there to help with the optimizer and the slack chat leading up to lineup block same thing for mlb which starts on thursday pga which is big nascar and nhl so plenty of ways to make money and then of course we also have uh VegasWhispers.com. They've already sent out a couple of NBA picks for today. Pretty solid weekend uh, over the weekend for the tournament. I think there were four games over 500. So uh, you could check them out as well. And Once you sign up, you'll get a private Twitter feed access to uh, getting those picks sent directly to your phone. So plenty of ways that you can win money. And if you want to subscribe to the seasonal part of ScoutFantasySports.com, use the promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months. I'll have Steve Renner from ScoutDFS.com. He'll join me in the next segment. We'll talk a little fantasy baseball, some strategy for DFS, look at some under-win totals as well as some odds to win MVP and Cy Young. But we kick it off looking at some of the news across baseball right now, and it's looking likely that Justin Upton is going to start the year on the DL. He's dealing with a toe injury that uh, – you know, he suffered over the weekend as he crashed into the wall, and it's been a rough spring for Upton. He was dealing with some tendinitis in his knee, and now uh, the Angels GM Billy Epler acknowledged that Upton will probably begin the season on the injured list. So Upton is a player that I've had on my fantasy teams pretty much every year, but this is the first year in a long time that I really don't have any just in Upton's shares, and it wasn't that I wasn't targeting him because I actually think he's a pretty good value this year. Uh, You know, he's fallen in some drafts, I think sometimes outside the top 100. I guess part of it is what I have on my team at that time. Uh, Maybe I have three or four outfielders, and he just doesn't fit the roster. But Upton's been a guy that's been pretty consistent, and one of the things that has stood out about him has been the durability. And that's why it's shocking to see, you know, two injuries here in the spring. You know, he's 31 years old, and he's been a guy that has been able to stay on the field, and maybe he doesn't produce the – elite numbers many people were hoping for when he came up. You know, he was supposed to be, you know, uh one of these top prospects, but he's been very good and uh very consistent. He's hit thirty home runs in three straight years, you know, at least eighty-five RBIs, three straight years. Uh he, he can steal some bases. He has at least eight stolen bases. Every year he's been in the big league playing at least 130 games. He had eight steals last year, 14 the year before. Now, the average has kind of been all over the place. You know, he's 270, 251, 246, 273, 257 the last five years, a career 268 hitter. Uh, So, very productive player. But I think if people have drafts tonight, tomorrow, they're going to drop him a little bit because of this injury. And you can certainly understand that. But uh, still a very good player. We'll just have to see the extent of this injury uh, to see how far uh, he will go down uh, draft boards. Uh, interesting note here. I don't think it's a surprise, but Francisco Mejia has made the Padres opening day roster. So the key is how many at-bats is he going to get? Because Mejia can definitely hit. He's had a really good spring. He's hit three forty eight with three homers, 14 RBIs, and 18 games. But, you know, it seems like teams are a little concerned about him behind the plate defensively, handling a pitching staff. And that's going to be important. For the Padres, who have some young arms, you're going to need a good catcher behind the plate. So my guess is you'll see Hedges get most of the at-bats, but it's going to be interesting to see how Mejia progresses defensively. Uh, because I think a lot of people, especially in the fantasy community, they want Mejia to have the job. Because they want to get a catcher that can produce the stats that Mejia can put up. But it's, a, it's going to be a question of whether he can handle the everyday grind of, uh, you know, controlling a pitching staff. So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, David Price will not start until the fifth game of the season. So that's on Monday. So if you're in a weekly league, take David Price out. Although they're saying that uh, he could be an option out of the bullpen. The reason why he's not going to start is an illness. No other detail on that. So I guess what it comes down to is if you have – a few starters who are not pitching the first week and you know, that price can potentially pitch out of the bullpen. Maybe you do leave him in the active lineup because maybe he comes in relief and vultures a win or something. Uh, So that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, Still uh, some news here on Dallas Keuchel. Uh, John Heyman says that he remains committed to waiting for the right offer. And uh, Keuchel to me is someone that you can't draft at this point. Uh, I have not drafted him and I've, pushed him down the rankings. I didn't have him very high, but I know people might look at it and you'll be sitting there in a draft and go, oh, Keiko's the highest guy he has left, and I wouldn't take him. I just – I'm real concerned at this point because starting pitchers need some time to get ready. Uh, Kimbrell's a little bit different, even though I'm, I don't want to draft him either. It sounded like he was getting close to Milwaukee – and while Corey Knebel has not been ruled out yet, it's not a good sign when he's had a couple of opinions that you know, he needs the surgery or he's not going to be able to pitch through it. So uh, that's why I'm a little surprised that the Kimbrel signing hasn't happened. But I think Kimbrel can get ready and be effective quicker than a guy like Keuchel. I'm just not going to draft Keuchel at this point. Say uh, he does sign in the next week or so. It's going to take him several weeks to get ready, build his arm strength, he could rush back a little bit. I'm just not going to take him, and even the skills last year were not great. Uh, so Keuchel is a guy that I would not draft right now if I had a draft tonight or tomorrow. We're still waiting on the severity of the injury for Steven Sousa as he stumbled while crossing home plate last night. It didn't look good. I saw the video. He fell to the ground. He was in pain. He couldn't put any weight on his leg and. Just unfortunate luck for Susie because I think he was a nice value late in draft. He didn't cost you much, and he has the ability to put up some pop and some speed, and that's where you want to take a shot on that late. So they actually just placed Socrates Brito uh, on waivers. He was one of their final cuts. So my guess is they hope that he clears waivers and they can bring him back, and then maybe he gets some playing time. Of course, they brought in Adam Jones. So it looks like Adam Jones is going to move to right field. Could tell Marte will be in center. So uh, just... Kind of bad news there and unfortunate luck for Sousa. The Twins, in their bullpen, we saw some quotes I retweeted yesterday for Rocco Baudeli. He said he's not planning to have a set closer at the beginning of the season. And he's going to let the game flow, decide who he uses and when. So obviously for fantasy, this is not great. But a lot of times we see managers say this and then all of a sudden someone emerges as the closer. Because Well, it does make sense from a baseball perspective, and again, as fantasy owners, we don't like it because we need saves, and we don't like the constant shuffling of different guys in the ninth inning, but it does make sense from a baseball perspective to kind of use your best guy in a high-leverage situation, you know, and maybe... They feel Trevor May is the best guy, and it's the bottom of the seventh, and there's first and second and two outs, and they need a strikeout. And they say, you know what? Let's bring in Trevor May. We'll have him get that last out of the seventh. We'll have him pitch in the eighth, and we'll worry about the ninth when we get there because maybe the lead is extended. Maybe it's no longer a safe situation. So it makes sense. Uh, I still would draft Trevor May the highest of all the Twins relievers. Again, I'm not going to overpay for him. He comes in that territory towards the middle middle rounds where it's like, okay, a lot of the – Closers with jobs are gone. Now I'm going to take a shot on a guy like Trevor May, who I think can close. Uh, Blake Parker has some closer experience. I'm not as intrigued with him. I think Taylor Rogers is a deep sleeper. I know he's a lefty, but he put up some pretty good numbers last year. So I would go with Trevor May if I was in a AL-only league. I'd certainly consider Taylor Rogers. I think in mixed leagues you're going to look to take Trevor May first, then Blake Parker. But it is a situation to pay close attention to. So, May is the guy that we've generally seen go first, then Blake Parker. So, one of these scenarios where we're just not sure yet how it's going to pan out uh, for the Twins. Uh, Jose Ramirez looks like some pretty good news on him. It sounds like he could potentially be back for opening day. And we didn't think that was going to be the case on Sunday when he was uh, taking on a stretcher off the field as he fouled the ball off his knee, so it looks like it's a contusion. Still a chance that he doesn't play on opening day, but it looks like the bad news has been averted, and uh, I'm doing a draft tomorrow, and I got pick 11, so if Jose Ramirez is there, uh, I think I'll take him. I'll wait and see what the news is. Also depends who else is on the board, but if he falls that far, Uh, I'll definitely take a shot. That is a league with DL spots, too. So even if he opens here in the DL, I'll take him. Uh, We talked about Enrique Hernandez a little bit earlier. That news kind of happened days ago. Uh, I saw that, so I don't don't know why. But Enrique Hernandez, certainly, uh, if you're hurting at the middle infield spot, maybe you need a fill-in for Francisco Lindor to start the year. Uh, Enrique Hernandez, certainly a possibility there. Uh, Luke Weaver has had a really good spring was getting some questions about him. Actually, actually, I'm having a decent spot in my rankings, and uh, I don't know if I have him in many leagues. I might have him in one or two. Uh, definitely someone I was considering late in drafts. You know, last year he was completely overvalued. I couldn't believe it, how early he was going last year, and he disappointed, but he's had a good spring, and he's got a 1.04 ERA. He allowed one on run over six innings on Monday, his final start of the spring. So I think he is a guy late in draft uh, to keep an eye on. And uh, maybe even more shallow leagues. He actually might be available. I think on the waiver wire. Maybe in some ten or twelve team weeks, he could be out there going to the Diamondbacks to change of scenery. Uh, Seem seemed like maybe there was too much pressure on him last year. I would like to see the strikeouts go up. That's the one thing that I would uh, want to see from him. Uh, and he's got to cut down on the walks, but certainly better than what he showed last year. So definitely someone that is look good in the spring. That you can consider in uh, the final rounds if your draft, if you're still still drafting uh, this year. Uh, Tyler Skaggs is going to pitch on Sunday. You know, there was a little scare with him; he had the forearm injury, but uh, Skaggs is going to pitch on Sunday. Definitely, someone one I like in fantasy as well. We talked about Andrew Heaney a little bit earlier. He threw a 20 pitch bullpen session on Monday. He will open the season on the DL, and, yeah, it is a little scary because it is an elbow issue, but he kind of had a similar scare last year and was able to return and throw 200 innings. So I would take him for very cheap. Uh, got him a week ago, over a week ago in the NFBC auction for 2 bucks. Uh Jorge Polanco, some concerning news here with him. He's battling some shoulder fatigue, and he might not be on the opening day roster. Could open the year on the DL. Polanco is a guy I like a lot. I liked him last year, and then he had that suspension for the first 80 games. I thought he might hit leadoff in this lineup, but they've used Max Kepler quite a bit at the leadoff spot, but he might hit two in this lineup when he's healthy. And he's a guy that can give you fifteen homers, fifteen stolen bases, and especially if he hits two, you know, the runs could be solid, decent RBIs, and he could hit for average. You know, last year he had two eighty eight. He's a career two seventy-two hitter, so I was able to get him in my home league auction on Sunday but this Twins lineup is very good and I think this is a team that can win the AL Central so some concerning news there on Polanco we'll see if he is good to go still like him but uh you know you're gonna have to maybe be without him for potentially a week or two good news on Reese Hoskins he returned to the lineup yesterday I saw his first at bat he had a deep shot to center field it was caught that's a good sign there Starting to get a little worried about Hoskins. He missed some time with the shoulder. But I think he should have a huge year in the middle of that lineup. Uh, with Ian Happ getting sent down to the minor leagues, you could see Albert Almora get some more playing time this year against right-handers. Almora was a guy I liked late last year. Uh, definitely has uh, some upside. And if he gets the playing time, someone to take a look at late in your drafts or maybe pick up off the waiver wire if you need some help. Uh, Steve Pierce is going to begin the season on the injured list, and we know Pierce is a good DFS play, especially against left-handed pitching if he's hit in the right spot. And you, Darvish, looks like he is going to pitch the second game of the season for the Cubs on Saturday against his former team, the Rangers. He was dealing with a blister. You know, Darvish is cheaper than he was last year. He burned me last year. I'm still willing to give him a shot, but I haven't really taken him yet. I'm still concerned. About the health issues for Darvish. Yes, he is cheaper, and he certainly has the ability to give you 200 strikeouts if he can throw 180 innings, but it's still a little concerned about him. And he's cheap, but not cheap enough. When we return, I'm going to bring in Steve Renner, Scout DFS. We're going to talk some DFS and some over, under, on win totals for some teams for this upcoming year. That's ahead. Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, check me out, scoutfantasysports.com, for all your fantasy baseball content. If you got a draft the next couple of days, we got you covered. Get updated rankings. And if you have already done your drafts, we got the strategy articles that you need. You can check out the free agent bidding article by high Stakes player Sean Childs. Enter the promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months. And, of course, ScoutDFS.com. And joining me from ScoutDFS, it is Steve Renner. Steve, what's up? What's up, Adam? How you doing? Pretty good, man. Finally, we're almost here two days away until the start of all the teams playing. Obviously, we had the two games in Japan. Uh, So what's in store for those that are members of ScoutDFS?
1: Yeah, so we're going to have a good mix throughout the season, uh, certainly starting on opening day as well, between – that's the articles. We'll give you more of a, a cash single entry article between uh, both Rob Gariak and Fantasy Bum. We're going to be doing that. Uh, Chris Rose will have his, his tournament article, and then I have my, my Donner's Club article, which will be seven days a week that covers really all aspects of the slate, uh, focusing on the, the topics that I like are, and then uh, helping you find some of those under-the-radar plays each day. So a lot of, a lot of advice. Uh, we've got tools and data up on the site daily as well. Uh, And, of course, our Slack chat to to get kind of up-to-lock help and information with both strategy and also the the plays on each day. So a lot of of good information, but, you know, our our focus is to be, um, you know, quality over quantity. You know, we want to give you winning picks and advice, and and we're going to do this year.
0: Uh, So what is your process when you start out? So when you're looking at a slate, what's the first couple things you do, and what should people be doing to prepare for – putting their lineup together?
1: So typically with baseball, the one difference that we have with this compared to the other sports, you're going to get a lot of slates that have a lot of games. And the first thing for me is I put the games into uh, really three tiers of, of focus. And the three tiers are the games that I really like for bats, the ones that are uh, you want to avoid, and then the ones that are kind of in between in the middle. And that will help you find the, in general, uh, where you want to build your your core lineup. And then you can also use that that third tier of games with with that offense to help you. And so go through, and and I'll typically try to find about five pitchers that I like on a given slate across different price ranges. And then once I've identified the pitchers that uh, that I'm comfortable using, it also helps me identify the ones that I want to attack. And we want to find the bats first because – as much as, you know, everyone wants to nail that pitcher who goes seven innings gets the win, uh, you, you got to have the offense that produces. And so, you know, the bats first in my lineup is where I'll build out. And then, uh, I'll kind of work my way back into the pitching on the guys that I identified. But I think one of the mistakes that people make and, and times when I start to mess up over the years is when, um, you focus only on and you don't do that initial analysis on the pitcher. So find your five guys that you want to use. Um, and then work the way in with the bats, and then kind of work back from there.
0: Uh, do you prefer playing on Fanduel with one pitcher or DraftKings with two? Where do you find yourself playing more?
1: Yeah, so I knew you'd ask that question, and it, honestly, I don't have one preference one way or the other. I will play both. Uh, I, I will say that only I think that there's an edge a little bit with DraftKings and the pitcher, and there are many slates where we find that people can, kind of force in the SP2. And one thing I just wrote about uh, in an article yesterday is I think a lot of times people will default onto a value second pitcher on DraftKings simply to force in one of the high-end guys like a, like a Scherzer or a Sale or a Grom, and, and that's a mistake a lot. And with that becomes an advantage for us who can win with the SP2 on, on DK. So I do like that aspect of it. But overall, uh, play both both sites. Um, there's a little bit of differences in the scoring uh, I do prefer the second, pick, but not enough to say I like it over Fanduel. Um, the one thing that Fanduel did last year I didn't like was was adding utility. Uh, but about a month into it, we get, we got used to it. So um, both both sites are fine, and, and, and you know I focus on both of them in my articles.
0: Talking to Steve Renner, ScoutDFS.com, as we're talking a little preview ahead on how to put together a successful DFS lineup for baseball with the season beginning on Thursday. Uh, how much do you look at a team's bullpen when you're going after your starting pitcher? Obviously, in the hopes that they leave with the lead and the bullpen can hammer it down and ensure them the win. Is that a key factor when you're evaluating starting pitchers?
1: A little bit. There was a stretch last year where Cleveland's bullpen was so uh, horrific that I, you know, I really worried about using the first to, to hold on to the win. Uh, but for the most part, what I'll do with the bullpen is I'll actually look at how tired they are. To, to help determine if, hey, maybe they can have a little bit longer leash. And, you know, something to really, I think, focus on is we're seeing more and more teams are going into the season with a bullpen strategy. And you have some teams that are, are clearly going to pull their starter after five innings, maybe six innings. The Dodgers are a great example of that. They're not going to let their starters go deep. They're going to rely upon their bullpen. Uh, and then you have other teams, Arizona, who really wants to get seven innings out of their starter turn it over to, uh, to to Bradley and Holland. And so you specify you for the pitcher how much leash is the pit manager going to before they turn it over to the bullpen. And uh, the quality of the bullpen, I don't weigh too much for the starter, but I'll weigh it for the other side. And if you have a team that has a really bad bullpen, like I think Toronto's bullpen is going to struggle this year. And, you know, if they have who typically doesn't go deep into the games, that's the team that we're going to want to attack, uh, regardless of how well the starting pitcher has been playing.
0: Uh, how much do you have a different lineup for cash and GPP for baseball? Is it a big difference? Uh, are you mostly a GPP player? What are the differences, though, if you're giving advice to someone on the lineups?
1: Yeah, so so I'm both. And my advice is that the difference between cash and GPP is how many lineups you play. So uh, I believe in playing one lineup uh, both in cash and single entry. The one difference sometimes might be if you want to go a little bit heavier on your stacks and in a in a single entry, uh, you can do that, but I'll play that one, I think it's a GPP, so I'll play one lineup in cash, single entry contest, or even three entry max. The GPP difference comes in, if you start to build a second and a third and a fourth or even a fifth lineup, then you start to get a little bit different, and, and you can kind of vary off of that. But your main core, best optimal lineup, if you're playing it in a single-entry tournament and you're playing it in cash, that, to me, can be the same lineup. Uh, the, the key thing, Adam, is to, to focus on tournaments that don't have a 1,000 users in them. Play, play in a tournament that has uh, 150 users, single-entry. That's where you want to put your main cash lineup. And then if you want to take a shot on some of these larger field tournaments, that's where you want to put in 5 to 10 or even if you want to go and you know, do 100 lineups, you can do that there. But uh, a main lineup, I, I would always put that in both cash and, and the smaller single entries.
0: Talking to Steve Renner, ScoutDFS.com, talking some DFS fantasy baseball strategy. How much do home parks player factor? We all know course Field, when they're home, they're very popular. Their salaries are high. Uh, that's obviously one of the extremes. But how much do you look at home parks, whether it's for pitchers or hitters?
1: A ton uh, I, I did a, a full ballpark ranking where I, I ranked all uh, all 30 ballparks and put them into tiers of the ones that I like and don't like and I think that I think people make is they rely upon the the ballpark data from the prior year a, a little bit too much um, you, you got to weigh in how good was the the actual home team played in that stadium both pitching and hitting but there's there's a collection of you know ballparks that are always optimal for hitting uh, places the Baltimore, uh, Milwaukee's a, a good one that flies under the radar a little. Um, everyone knows Yankee Stadium. They know Coors Field. Uh, field, you know, came down a little bit with the humidor, but certainly when the roof is open, it's a good spot. But I think people overlook some of the other kind of middle-range ballparks like uh, like a San Diego. And you look at the the lineup that the Padres have this year, a lot of power bats. They're going to drive the ball out of any ballpark, and I think that it's going to play well overall for offense. And then on the flip side, you you really want to look at, um, you know, the stadiums where teams are bad pitching staffs that are kind of mediocre. Uh, Toronto is one that I mentioned that kind of falls in that spot, but then there's other ones which, you know, we can completely ignore on the bigger sites like San Francisco, some of the really larger ballparks, city field, another one um, that you, you know, avoid in general, but the ballpark with the combination of the weather, you know, when it starts to get warmer, is going to be a big thing. I, I suspect on Thursday, um, that Texas, you know, which is going to be the warmest stadium. It's you know a matchup with the two teams that can really drive the ball. Is going to be popular because of both the ballpark and the weather. So you you combine those two things together, and that helps you drive a lot where you're going to find the offense.
0: Uh, how much do you worry about ownership percentages? Obviously, a lot of days there's 15 games, so there's a, a lot of options to choose from. Is ownership something that? Is a concern for you? Are you able to predict it well or does it not matter?
1: I'm able to predict it fairly well. I, I don't worry about it that much. Uh, the, the, rare, the, the spot where ownership comes in in decision making is going to be um, really a game theory playing kind of leverage. So I mentioned before, there's sometimes going to be a chalk pitcher on like on draftkings who might come in 50, 60 percent who you know, might be someone that's, that's really volatile um, and it's kind of a, a, a low range pitcher in terms of his price and, and isn't very consistent. And when you see that, you know, like for example, um, I know Dan Straley just got released by the Marlins, but there were times last year when you know Straley might have been facing the Mets at home in a pitcher's park, and people used them, and that's a great spot to take the ownership and say, you know what, I'm going to throw in a a lineup here which leverages against the chalk. um, It's kind of a game theory play, but for the most part, when I'm trying to decide if a player is good or not. I don't care about their ownership that much. Um, if, if someone's going to come out as, as highly owned that I don't think is that good, I can feign it for game theory. But if, if you like the play and you think they're in a good spot, go ahead and play them. Because at the end of the day, uh, we, we've seen too many times somebody you know comes out and hits two home runs, even if they're a value play at chalk, you're going to want that in your lineup. So uh, I don't overthink it too much in, in determining if a good play or not.
0: Talking to Steve Renner, scoutdfs.com, are there certain stats that you use? Obviously, there's a lot of stats in baseball now, but there are select few that you use that you find are really helpful in trying to find a good play for the day?
1: Well, in general, with the stats on researching players, the thing I've always encouraged people to do is to look at stats continually over time. Um, a lot of times, I, I find Sundays are a good day to look at stats to kind of freshen up on things. Because you don't want to, you don't want to fall into the trap of spending hours each day researching every single batter versus pitcher matchup. You want to kind of know going into it uh, what hitters' profiles are in terms of splits. But in general, I'll look at two of the two of the very basic ones that you can start with are, are going to be WOBA and ISO. I know that they're not perfect, uh, but they do show in general a, a hitter's quality. I don't get tied up too much into the the hard hit rates. I don't look at the you know xFIP and, and Sierra and things like that for pitchers. For me, you know, I have a simple breakdown of consistency with the pitcher, how deep they're going to go into a game. Uh, I look at, you know, their, their pitch count, their, their strike uh, percentages, because I want pitchers who are going to be throwing strikes that don't walk a ton of batters that really put me into a spot. And then some of those kind of more advanced stats, you look at them when the players aren't in matchups to see kind of trends and, and look where there might be a shift coming up. But. There were so many times I remember people were trying to push a guy like Manny Machado because they were saying, hey, his, his hard hit rate is is really high, but his bad bit is really low, and he's just been unlucky. We knew that about Machado going into it, and and to try to force that on, on a given slate I think will distract you. So uh, in general, I, I look at kind of some of the basics on the day of the game, uh, but try to freshen them up on other days so that you know when the right spot comes up when to use somebody.
0: How much do you look at Vegas lines, and what does that do,
1: or is it useful at all? I never look at it. I think it's the most overhandling in in baseball. Honestly, because think about this. You're going to see totals are between seven and, with the exception of course, field nine. And and it's a small range. And I think all Vegas is telling you, uh, by the time you get halfway into the season, the information that you already know. So if there's a good team and a good ballpark against a bad pitcher, they're going to probably be a favorite, and the, the run total is going to be high. We know that already. And I use that to tell them where to go. And the reality is it doesn't factor in the bullpens. It doesn't factor in recent um, hot streaks, cold streaks with the hitters. So I never look at it to help me run-ups because I, I feel like just knowing that the player profiles and, and the ballparks and things like that that's where we need to go to begin with. And to be honest with you, I think Vegas in, in April is is crap, looking at both the money lines and the and the run totals.
0: Uh watching so some highlights, I see Daniel Murphy with a two-run bomb off Pineda. I know you were pretty high on Murphy like myself, correct? Because I think in court I, it crushes.
1: I think he's going to crush. And you're talking to someone that's always a good contact hit. Uh, at least he should hit between Blackman and Arenado. So, yeah, that's, that's great. A lot of Murphy this year. And I actually think that that Colorado lineup one through four is even going to hit on the road. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about them. And since another team that I'm extremely excited about, I saw Springer hit a home. I feel like Houston's one through five are all in prime and they're going to be a, a team that is just a, a force everywhere this year. Actually, they I'll give you a little sneak peek that Houston playing at Tampa, um, you know, against Blake Snell, I think Snell only faced maybe like 13 batters, I feel like, in in spring training. I think Houston's in a very sneaky spot to beat up uh, Tampa on Thursday, which is uh, probably a a 2% on play.
0: Yeah, it could be. I mean, we see a lot of ace pitchers going on Thursday, and uh, people are going to look for the weak link. They probably will not look at picking on Blake Snell. So that is a potential sneaky spot for Houston, which... On most nights should be highly owned, so that might be a, a day where you are able to get them at potential low ownership. I haven't really looked at the slate yet. Uh have you done much research and looked at the slate for Thursday?
1: Yeah, I've looked at it and the one thing I do in April is I avoid the the high price pitchers because a guy like Scherzer and the Grom facing each other wants them to go eat innings. You want them to go um, every time that they're facing. Early in the season, these pitchers are really limited in in their pitch count. So I avoid the high-priced guys. Um, and, you know, to be honest with you, the, the offense doesn't look like uh, there's a ton of really good spots, which you would expect on opening day with a lot of aces going. Um, but I will say the one good news so far, it looks like only one game has weather issues, the one in Kansas City. And after last year, when we had games with snow in them in April, um, I mean, it was a disaster for the first month. So hopefully, we get good weather through the opening weekend and into the next week because that's that's always a big deal to start with. But um, yeah, I think Houston's going to be one, um, some sneaky low on spot. Pitching, if you want to take a long shot, I'll tell you, I know Stephen Souza just went down for Arizona, but that lineup to me does not look good. And he's not a guy I like that much, but Hinjin are is to start for the Dodgers. To me, is a is a sneaky arm on opening day to look at. I'm gonna I'm gonna want to pick on that Arizona lineup, which to me, is not that good. Um, and I know Souza is not a huge loss for them, but he is one of the better right handed bats in our lineup.
0: Yeah, and uh, Ryu will get the opening day start. Actually, we'll bring you on on Thursday, and it'll be in the t- same time slot. So uh, there's nine games at 4 p.m. So we'll able to help you out last minute on that slate. So. Uh, we will talk to you on Thursday, and we'll have actual DFS games to preview right up until first pitch there uh, for the afternoon
1: slate. Yes, yeah, the big question will be, will Bryce Harper at Homer by the time I come on?
0: Yeah, good question there. He's going up against Julio Tehran in Philly. Yeah, I think there's a good chance he can. All right, Steve, thanks a lot for the time. We'll talk to you on Thursday. All right, Adam, see you then. When we return, we'll wrap it up, taking a look at the night in the NBA. Big slate ahead. We'll go over it next. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of one twenty nine ninety nine, or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at fifty nine ninety nine per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get ten percent off your Daily Roto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your
1: NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto millionaire.
0: It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. And with all 30 Major League Baseball teams playing this Thursday, it's time to swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball with DailyRoto.com, who is looking to make someone their eighth millionaire winner. If you are playing MLB DFS on DraftKings or FanDuel and not using DailyRoto.com to help set your lineups, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a special discount and you'll get lineup alerts and weather updates, fantasy projections, and the use of lineup optimizers that has already produced millions in winnings. That's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at dailyroto.com. Use promo code FNTSY and get your special discount today. Time to take a look at the night in the NBA. We got 10 games on the schedule for tonight. And, of course, there'll be a lot more injury news as we go throughout the day. So this is just a preliminary lineup, preliminary look. Things can change. Just pay attention to the news and head over to ScoutDFS.com. We got a lineup optimizer that, as soon as news breaks, I mean, it really reacts pretty quickly. You can just hit refresh and say a player's ruled out, just pull in a search, and you'll see if he's there. And usually... A minute or two after news breaks, that player is out and the projections for the replacement are there. So it's really quick, which is beneficial as you approach lineup lock and maybe you're not sure what to do and you don't have time to look something up. You have your core lineup. You just plug in your plays, hit optimize, and it'll give you a play. If you don't like it, exit out, hit optimize again. So it's a useful tool, especially in the last minute. And, of course, you got the Slack chat leading up to lineup lock if you have any questions. Celtics are in Cleveland. 7 p.m. start. Celtics favored by five and a half. Vegas totals 218. Kyrie Irving is out. He won't play. He'll rest. Jason Tatum and Al Horford each probable. So, everyone usually plays Terry Rozier once Kyrie Irving is out. The problem is his salary is high. 68 on DK, 65 on FanDuel, 24 on Yahoo. So, he's not a must play. You can play him. It's a really good matchup against Cleveland, but the salary is pretty high. So, I don't think you have to use him in this spot, but you can... Consider him. I like Gordon Hayward. Uh, He's coming off a good game. He's 48 on DK, 54 in FanDuel. Uh, Al Horford, if he plays, good price on DK at 5,900. He should be able to definitely smash that. And you can consider Marcus Morris and Tatum coming off an injury as well. So I think a lot of the Celtics are in play with Kyrie out. For Cleveland, they've been pretty competitive. They've been losing, but they've been. Pretty competitive. Not a great spot here, though, against Boston. Uh, I think Kevin Love certainly is in play. Uh, 76 on DK, 83 on FanDuel. And that's probably about it. Ospen has been playing good lately. Sexton's price has gone up. Uh, so I'm probably only really looking at Love on Cleveland tonight, even though Boston has been very erratic. Still generally not a great matchup there. So no one really stands out on the Cleveland side for me. Uh, outside of love. The Spurs are in Charlotte to take on the Hornets at 7 p.m. Eastern. Spurs favored by 3.5. Vegas total 219.5. Obviously a big game for the Hornets. Spurs have been playing extremely well. They're one of the hottest teams in basketball. Uh, and it is a, a good matchup here. I think uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is in play. He's coming off of a really big game. He's 79 on DK 92 on FanDuel. Uh DeRozan has a good matchup as well. So, I think uh, they're both good plays, uh, as they are most nights. 77 for DeRozan on DK, 87 on FanDuel. And the other guy I would consider is Rudy Gay. We'll see if he starts. Uh, They have started him a couple times recently. So, I think if he starts, that would certainly give him an increase in minutes and a good matchup. He's 54 on DK, 55 on FanDuel. For the Hornets, Cody Zeller remains out. It looks like Nicholas Batum is doubtful still dealing with this illness, and Tony Parker will play. Uh, So the Hornets, though, have been using uh, Dwayne Bacon quite a bit lately and Miles Bridges. Um, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist could be back, but Batum will still be out. So I like Kemba Walker. Obviously, we saw him put up a big game the other night, and, again, they're fighting for their playoff lives here. So we know how desperate teams are this time of the year. So not a great matchup here. The uh, Spurs, again, have been good, uh, but the Hornets are two games behind Miami. Miami does play tonight as well. So, uh, Kemba Walker I do like, 86 on DK, 93 on FanDuel. Uh, Dwayne Bacon, if he's going to start, cheap. Uh, four on DK, 39 on FanDuel. Uh, Miles Bridges, same thing, 47 on DK, 55 on FanDuel. So, these guys, uh, see if they start, they could be cheap plays tonight. If you try to fit in some of the big stars uh, on this slate, the bulls are in Toronto to take on the Raptors. Raptors a uh, big favorites in this one, uh, as they are favored by 13 biggest totals two nineteen and a half. and a half. And, uh, for the bulls, Otto Porter is out. Zach Levine is out and Chris Dunn is doubtful. So they have been playing terrible lately. They've been shorthanded and now they face a really good team. So, Probably a blowout, but you're gonna get uh, some big minutes from some cheap players here tonight. Uh, you know, Ryan Ardiakano will probably play point guard if Dunn's out. He's 38 on DK, 36 on Fanduel. Shaq Harrison, 44 on DK, 48 on Fanduel. Of course, Larry Markkanen, more of a tournament play for me, 67 on DK, 76 on Fanduel. But again, this could get uh, pretty ugly. Uh, so again. Uh, some good value there with those guys if they start. For Toronto, uh, we'll see if anyone rests. Uh, it sounds like uh, you know Kawhi Leonard as of now is going to play. Toronto really can't move much. They're four games behind the Bucks, four games out of the Sixers as they're the two seed. So uh, they might not be taking the rest of the regular season too seriously, and you'll probably see Kawhi sit here and there. So I think it's kind of difficult to. Really rely on anyone in Toronto in this spot with a 10-game slate in case it does blow out, and it should. I just don't see how the Bulls stay competitive in this game. So really not looking uh, at anything on Toronto tonight. Orlando is in Miami to take on the Heat. Big matchup for playoff implications. Heat are favored by five. The Vegas totals 2 I mean, you talk about low. You don't see that much in today's game anymore. And uh, it's a very low total. Orlando did play last night. They've won five in a row. They're a half game out behind the heat. So, uh, it's a big game, uh, and Orlando coming through with a big win against Philly last night. Miami is not a good matchup. They play at a slow pace. Uh, and, uh, Miami has been playing excellent defense lately. They have really been shutting teams down. I mean, look at the magic implied total 99.8, extremely low. So, uh, don't love a lot on this side tonight. Vucevic, certainly you could look at him. But, again, 10-game slate. He's 89 at DK, 99 on Fandle. Aaron Gordon always in play for tournament. 68 on DG, 72 on Fandle. For Miami, uh, Justice Winslow is questionable. Rodney Magruder is out. Uh, he'd have been playing very well. Uh, if Winslow is out, I think you can look at Goran Dragic. He is 54 on both sites. Dwayne Wade certainly in play. They've been giving him the minutes. 56 on DK, 51 on Fanduel, And that's about it on uh, that side. Again, this is uh, a game that Vegas is telling you uh, that is going to be low scoring. So I don't know if we want to target much here. The game of the night, Houston is in Milwaukee to take on the Bucs. Uh, Bucs favor by four. Vegas totals 224.5. The Rockets are a little banged up. Kenneth Farid's out. Joel Green is out. Eric Gordon is listed at prob- probable. It sounds like you're going to play. So uh, the Rockets have been playing very, very well lately, but it is not the easiest matchup. Again, James Harden's 11-4 on DK, 12 on FanDuel. I think you could consider him. Don't think you have to use him uh, in your lineup today. It's not a must-start. Clint Capella, 73 on DK, 81 on FanDuel. Uh, Gordon's a little banged up, but he's going to play. Uh, so 54 on DK, 53 on FanDuel. I think you can consider him. For the Bucks, uh it looks like everyone's going to play, so that means Giannis certainly in play. And, you know, this could be a game where Giannis says, hey, I'm the MVP going up against James Harden. I think a lot of people feel he is the MVP. Obviously, Harden has done a lot for Houston this year. So it, this game, if it stays competitive, and I think it should, this might be, you know, uh, a game for Giannis where he sees 36, 37 minutes. So I think he is definitely one of the better plays tonight. Eleven three on DK, 12 on Fanduel. Uh, and Brooke Lopez would be the other guy I consider. Uh, He's been really good, and uh, the price is a little high, 61 on DK, 67 on Fando, but I think in tournaments he could be low owned. Atlanta is in New Orleans to take on the Pelicans, and uh, the Vegas total is 241.5. It's a pick on game between these two teams. Uh, for the Hawks, there's some good pl- spots here tonight. Pelicans are are not a good defensive team. Trey Young is uh, he slowed down a little bit, but he really picked it up uh, with a big game. And obviously, I think Luka Doncic should be the rookie of the year, but I think Trey Young probably still feels he's got a shot, so he might look to go and finish the season strong. He's 82 on both sides. Think he's a, a tournament play. And the other guy I would look to in tournaments is John Collins, 73 on DK, 79 on Fanduel. For the Pelicans, uh, obviously, Drew Holiday out for the year. Uh, Alfred Payton is probable. Anthony Davis is doubtful. So that is the one that you really need to uh, – we're relying on to see what the injury news is. Because I think there's a lot of appealing players in this game. Obviously, Alfred Payton is in play. If he goes 76-8 on Fandle. Frank Jackson, he's been playing big minutes. I know he's relying on scoring. But he's going to play, I mean, I think he played 42 minutes last game. So 51 on DK, 56 on FanDuel. Uh, Julius Randle, his price has gone up. He's had a couple bad games recently, but that could deter people from going with him. He's 81 on DK, 84 on FanDuel. And we'll see if uh, Davis is out, you know, then Julia Olkafor, Chick Diallo would be uh, potential players, and Cambridge Williams as well. So this is a game I think you'll see a lot of people get exposure to uh, with the Vegas total being so high and two bad defensive teams. So, a lot of exposure to that game tonight, as well as this game, Clippers in Minnesota, another game that should be pretty high scoring. APM start, Clippers favored by two and a half, Vegas total is 230. Um, the Clippers have been playing extremely good basketball. They are nine and one in the last 10. They're actually sixth in the Western Conference, and this is a great matchup for them tonight. I like Shal- Shai, Gilgius, Alexander. 57 on both sides. He's been playing very well and getting big minutes. He's averaging 34 minutes over his last four games. Uh, I like Lou Williams in tournaments, as always. He's capable of going off. I could see this being a really good game for him. 69 on DK, 74 on FanDuel. And Harrell is someone you could always look at in tournaments as well. 71 on DK, 8 on FanDuel. Uh, So Harrell's been playing better lately. He went through a stretch where he wasn't pretty good, but... uh, I think he's in play for the Wolves. Uh, Derek Rose, Jeff Teague, obviously out. Uh, and Taj Gibson is listed as doubtful. It sounds like he's not going to play. Timberwolves have been eliminated from the playoffs, so they really don't have much to play for. But Carl Anthony Towns definitely in play tonight. 10-7 on DK, uh, 11-8 on Vandal. I think if Taj is out, that would give uh, Dario Saric a boost because maybe he finally gets to the 30-minute mark. So he's in play. He's 48 on TK, 41 on Vandal. Tyus Jones just hasn't been great, and um, uh, I like some other point guards on the slate tonight. Uh, I'm trying to debate if I'll use him if I play, like, several lineups, but right now I'm leaning towards no. 58 on DK, 66 on FanDuel for Tyus Jones. Sacramento, they are in Dallas tonight to take on the Mavericks, and the uh, Kings been playing up and down lately, and they're still... Uh, th- Probably unlikely to make the playoffs at this point, but they're looking to finish the season strong. Dallas has been uh, struggling a little bit lately, so uh, I think uh, Marvin Bagley is definitely someone that I like on the slate tonight. Since he's come back, he's played very, very well, and even coming off the bench, he puts up big numbers. So I think in this game against Dallas, uh, he's in a pretty good spot tonight, so I would consider Bagley. Of course, tournament plays, uh, Buddy Heal can always go off on any given night. Uh wanna see if Luca plays. I mean, he's been banged up. Uh he's been producing, but he's been a little bit banged up lately. But it gets a good matchup here against the uh the Kings in this one. So uh but the price is a little bit too high for me, uh, with him. And again, he's a little banged up, but it is a good matchup here against uh the Kings who have not been a great defensive team this year. Uh for Dallas, uh really not much that I like on the Dallas side tonight. Um uh maybe maybe Luka in tournaments but I doubt it I don't think I'm going to go with him just a little concern there with uh the injury and uh how banged up he is uh for tonight and um the other game on the slate is the Wizards and the Lakers tonight uh that game is on TNT at 10:30 p.m. Eastern of course Bradley Beal certainly in play going up against the Lakers it looks like Ariza is going to be out uh, he is listed as day-to-day. Josh Hart is out for the Lakers. Reggie Bullock, I think, was just ruled out as well. So, look, LeBron's been putting up big numbers. You're always worried about the numbers. Um, but I think uh, Contavious caldwell Pope has had a couple good games recently against the Wizards, so I think he's certainly in play. Uh, LeBron James, my guess is, maybe plays full minutes today. They are on a back-to-back. They play in Utah tomorrow. So, LeBron should put up big numbers tonight, so definitely think you can take a, a look at him. Uh, Thomas Bryant would be someone to consider as well on the Washington side. Uh, he's had a couple big games recently, and JaVal McGee, I mean, that guy has just been crushing it lately. He's had two monster games, and Wizards haven't been good against centers this year. So uh, JaVal McGee definitely in play as well uh, on the slate tonight. I think he'll he'll be someone that I'm – trying to get in many of my lineups tonight. Uh, it's a good matchup, and I uh, expect them to continue to do well uh, here against the uh, against the uh, Wizards tonight. Uh, also on the slate, you got Denver against Detroit. Uh, Detroit, obviously, in playoff contention there. Uh, I think uh, the one guy I would look at is, I don't know if I'm going to play Jokic tonight. I would consider him uh on this slate uh but uh but Javon McGee is someone I'm looking at Thomas Bryant and Carlton E. Towns those are the guys I like at center um uh, one guy though I do like on the Lakers that I left out was Kyle Kuzma uh he's coming off a really good game it's a good matchup here against the Wizards and I think he'll get a considerable amount of time uh tonight playing Detroit and Denver is just not a very appealing game, though. Vegas total is pretty low. And as we've seen, Denver kind of spreads it out when they're fully healthy and uh, they have everyone good to go tonight. Maybe Paul Millsap's in play, but uh, not a lot of appealing plays on the slate. And for Detroit, it's pretty much Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. But I don't think I'm going to pay up for a guy like Andre Drummond tonight. Uh, I think, again, there's better plays on the slate. So, again, really what we're waiting for is uh, Anthony Davis News. It doesn't look like he's going to play. He's listed as doubtful. So that means Jaleel Okafor and Check Diallo are going to be plays. And, of course, Chris Dunn is the other guy we're waiting on for the Bulls. So there will be more value that emerges on this slate that will allow you to pay up for some of the uh, top studs tonight. In the meantime, though, check me out, ScoutFantasySports.com. I'll have updated MLB rankings for all of you in last-minute drafts. We'll have strategy articles to get you through the season. Use the promo code BATS50 to get 50% off your first two months. That wraps it up here. I'll be back Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern with Dr. Roto. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.